and she stayed back in Illinois, where we're from, because she is in Bible college. And I come from Elgin, Illinois, from the Northwest Bible Baptist Church, and God has called us to preach the gospel to the Spanish-speaking world. I was born and raised in the Chicago, Illinois area all of my life. My parents uh, are Hispanic. My mother came from Mexico. And so I am a, I am a Hispanic American, and we are a, a Mexican family. And so uh, we are preaching the Word of God now for 21 years, our ministry. I started in the year 2001. I launched that into evangelism in the Spanish countries. So God gave me a tent, and I... I went to Mexico and the different Spanish countries, even here in the United States, reaching Spanish people and helping Spanish churches to, to evangelize and to do the Great Commission. And so that has been our, our ministry for many years. I've done some church planting as well. I started a Spanish independent Baptist church in Rockford, Illinois, many years ago. I, I did a two-year church plant, so I pastored the church for the beginning of it, and then I installed a pastor and organized the church, and I left to continue my, my ministry. And I've started two village mission churches in Mexico and in and, and remote villages uh, also through the years. Right now, we are in a, in a time where God has led me to, to preach in the country of Venezuela. This is a very unique, closed communist country that has, that has had a socialism collapse, an economic crisis, a dictatorship right now. The United States Department of Justice has a recompense or a reward of $15 million for the capture of the Venezuela dictator. And so that is valid. That is current. And that is as, a, as, as of, you know, even t today. So um, Google says if you Google Venezuela, it will say level four travel advisory. Do not go to Venezuela. Uh, because of danger, because of political corruption, because of crime, and, and, and uh, because of hostility against American citizens, because of the sanctions. And so all of these things have, have, have happened in the last several years. And so I'm an American citizen, but I am also a dual citizen, a Mexican citizen. So much of my ministry, I've been working in Mexico and based out of Mexico for many years, and so I acquired the Mexican citizenship by way of my parents, and, and also my family is Mexican, and so I acquired a Mexican citizenship, which, which makes me a dual citizen. That means I have two passports, two driver licenses, two voting IDs, two everything, two different bank accounts, two everything, and so I have two identities. So the way that I go into Venezuela, Americans are not allowed to go inside the country of Venezuela. This is uh, something that is illegal. And so the American missionaries began to clear out. The American ambassador was removed and the embassy was closed down and relations, you know, were broken. And so there just are, are hardly no American missionaries in that country. They left, they cleared out. And so this is a country that doesn't have any more American missionaries. And so God has laid on my heart to go. Now, as a Mexican citizen, I do not need a visa to go in Venezuela. I do not need a background check. I don't need to go through customs background checks. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to have any paperwork. I just go. Mexicans are allowed uh, to go into Venezuela as, as visiting tourists and as, as, as just tourists and vacation people and so forth. And so God told me to prepare and go to Venezuela 
And so I thought to myself, well, if others cannot go, even missionaries that are supported, 100% support, that want to go or that want to return, they, they cannot. But I could, so how can I not go? And that is, that is my, my burden, my vision, my calling. I do not stay and live in Venezuela because sooner or later they will find out that I am American. And this will, this will create hostility. This will make me a target. This will bring, uh, uh, you know, uh, just the, their, their secret service will begin to follow me around and try to, try to track our phones, try to track our, our purchases. I don't use debit cards. I don't use, uh, you know, different, different means by, by where they can track me. So I go kind of under the radar, so to speak, and I work partnering with national pastors. I raise money in the United States so that I can go. I spend two to three weeks in Venezuela, do a lot of things. I, have, I host a pastor's conference. Our last conference had 100 preachers to encourage them and motivate them and to be a help and a blessing. So uh, to train nationals and to, to encourage their people. And also we have, I like to do big outreach. I'm referring to gospel crusades, big evangelistic stadium crusades. And this is only just to preach the gospel. And what this does, it also motivates them. It encourages them. It ignites a fire. Because the way to reach that country right now, it's it's not going to be through missionaries, but it's going to be through motivating the nationals to, to reach their own country. So, of course, we need partnerships with them. We need relationships with them. Of course, these missionaries and pastors that are, or national pastors are like-minded of sound doctrine and faith, of like faith and so forth. They are independent Baptists and, and soul-winning ministries. And so American missionary, uh, missionaries went there and did a good job to start churches and to plant churches to train pastors. But now they have left and they have cleared out, of course, in an unexpected manner, in a sudden manner, years ago. And, and many of them have, have, have not been able to return. They've gone to other mission fields. They've gone, come back to the States. And so now I, I have been there three times. Basically, I've taken this last year and just dedicated myself to this country and followed the Lord's leading where I went to Caracas and I had some meetings there for three weeks. Then I went to the southern, the southern part of Venezuela is the Amazon tribal village region. In fact, they do not speak Spanish. They speak their own tribal village dialect. And that's why you saw me in the video preaching through an interpreter because they have their, their language. And so this is Amazon jungle. Uh, in that in that location they told me brother carlos we have not seen a missionary here for the last six years they used to have other denominations they had new tribes missions they had independent baptists they had other missionaries there they said they just cleared out we've not seen any americans here and they 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 miss americans they love americans they you know they miss that but there hasn't been any in recent days and so this is the unique mission field that god has opened the door for me and has called me to go. I'm scheduled now to go in November soon. For a two or three week trip, we have a budget of about $6,000. It's close to six to $7,000 for me to pay for everything. That equals out to possibly a dollar per person. I'm talking about to witness to somebody. So $5,000 could equal getting the gospel to 5,000 people. It's about a dollar a person to witness. So I, I take thousands of tracks. I do many things. I sponsor meetings. I host meetings. Now, this country's broke. I'm talking about economic collapse, financial collapse, socialism and everything. And you would think the prices would go down. 
but actually inflation makes it go up. So their prices of products, gasoline, food, everything is even more expensive than than in the United States. And these people are absolutely broke. I'm talking about a teacher, a doctor, somebody who's a professional person. The government pays them $5 a month. And so what has happened is they resign their jobs. They all quit their jobs and they've gone into kind of what what would be a self-employed individual, freelance, black market, even system of survival in every man for himself. The government continues to try to have a stronghold in their lives, so they give them a stimulus. The stimulus is weekly, and you know what that is? In their ATM machines, it's a $2 per person. And I've seen hundreds of people in line. When you have two or three kids, that might be 6 or $8, and that'll, that'll get you something to eat at least because they got this bag. It's like this. It's flour, dough, you know, to, to make like breads or something. They make something that's not a bread. It's not a tortilla. It's just something in between like a crispy waffle type of thing out of that dough. That bag costs $1. So they figure that bag can feed a family maybe for a week out of that dough. And so they give them this stimulus. And that's what they say that, you know, that they can eat and they feed them. And so hundreds of people are eating this. And of course, this creates a domino effect where it just, it just changes everybody's lives. I'm talking about uh, people quit their jobs. So people who were professional people, uh, career people and so forth. Now they're doing other strange jobs, working out of their homes. Maybe some work online on the Internet for other countries. Maybe some, uh, you know, uh, a dentist will leave his practice and go and open up his house to be a dentist at his house. And uh, it's just whoever has some money can come. And so more people have left the country of Venezuela than have left Ukraine. In fact, twice as much, twice as much people, the number of people have evacuated, have left, have escaped this country more than Ukraine. And Ukraine is getting bombs. And this country is just starving and so when, when this happens and this continues to happen for a number of years, it does something to man's spirit. It does something to their heart, especially when they were once the wealthiest country in South America. This was, we're talking about big oil, big oil country. I've seen, I've stood there, I've seen the big oil refineries. I've seen them, they got, a, they got their flags and they got signs that say socialism will prevail. And their engineers have bailed out and have left and 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 now um they have russian troops there they have they have you know iran uh, works with their oil and things like that and all these all these countries china and all these countries and so uh you know that's the situation that this country is in complete a complete mess sure they had riots they had a they had many things happen they had a they were so close to a civil war uh there was a time that they were very close to having a, a, a civil war, and it just it just fell through, and so uh, now the people are just hopeless. And what that does is that it prepares their hearts to be tender to the gospel. They are open to the gospel like never before. We are talking about anything that talks about hope or truth. They will come. In, in, in large numbers, anything that talks about hope or truth or God, they know that God is the only hope. They lost hope in other nations. They lost hope in, in, in politicians. They lost hope in man. They know that God is their only hope. 
And so this is a time that is it's ripe for the harvest. It's a reaping ministry. So I, I consider this to be a reaping ministry to reap the harvest. It's ready. It's ripe. It's easy to witness to people. It's easy to gather crowds. So there's some countries that are gospel hard and you got to work so hard to get people. But this country is easy. And so the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And so my job is to go in and out and to go there. And I mentioned a budget of $6,000. So far, we've raised 2000 And our trip is soon in November. And so I appreciate you so much. Notice, please, John chapter 15. Notice the word of God. John chapter 15. So we'll be talking more throughout, throughout the day uh, concerning, concerning this ministry. And I believe that God wants to bring a phenomenal revival. I believe that God is, is preparing to do something. This is his work. And we are called to preach his message. I want you to notice, please, John chapter 15. I'm going to read the word of God. You can just look along silently and just follow along in the Bible. John 15, verse 1, the Bible says, I am the vine, or I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. And every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me, and I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Let's bow our heads for prayer for a moment. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness and your blessings. Thank you that we have a free country where we can come and worship and hear the word of God. I pray that you'd help us today. Give us the the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Edify your church. Build up the saints, Lord. And we thank you and we pray. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak on the subject this morning, a productive life. A productive life. A productive Christian. God wants us to be a productive people. Now, the Bible does not use the word product or production or productive. This word is not in the Bible, but the principles are in the Bible. Principles of management, principles of production. Uh, In fact, there is another word that is used in the Bible, which is equivalent to productive, and that is the word fruitfulness. And that's why this chapter we have read, it talks about bearing fruit. It's really saying, I want you to be productive. This is what the Lord Jesus is teaching. This is what he is saying. He's saying, I want you and I'm going to teach you how to be a productive Christian, how you can have a productive life. Now, I have this in my mind because I know what it looks like to see a nation and to see people that are not productive. A lot of times they might be victims of their society and their culture and their their government and so forth, but I know what it looks like to just see multitudes of people that have energy, have good health, maybe even have good education. I know what it's like to see people who are very smart and intelligent, but they're just trapped in a cycle 
where they are not productive. And if we're not careful, the same thing can happen in our lives. If we're not careful, the same thing can happen in our country. You see, so God wants us to be a productive people and to, to, to be productive. Now, the Lord Jesus is saying that he is, he is the vine and we are the branches. And he's talking about we're clean through the word. He saved us. So he saved us. We're clean through the word of God. And, of course, through the blood of Jesus Christ, he says, abide in me and I in you. And uh, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You cannot be productive by yourself. You need to be um, uh, abiding in the Lord. So he says, if you abide in me. So I want you to notice that in order for us to be productive people and to bring forth fruit, we need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is based on a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why he said, abide in me. I want you to dwell in me, abide in me, and I'll abide in you. My words will abide in you. If my word abide in you, abide in me. And he's talking about this, spend time with me, walk with me, walk with God. This is what it's saying. And you will be somebody productive because God will bless you. God, God will give you uh, um, wisdom. God will help you. And he will help you to be a fruitful person. So, the word of God says and talks about bringing forth. Now, there's a certain vocabulary, certain words, structure that is found in this chapter. First, he mentions fruit. He says, bring forth fruit. And then he talks about purging and cleaning. And then he says, more fruit. So we have fruit. Then we have more fruit. And then he says, as we abide in him more, then he says, much fruit. Fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. Now, fruit here uh, could be many things. It could be, uh, it could be many things. Sometimes uh, the word fruit could refer in other scriptures. It could refer to our, our good works and just being productive and productivity. Um, I think it, it, it has, a, in this chapter, I think there's a particular focus on talking about reaching souls for Christ because the fruit of a Christian is another Christian. So this is a soul winning chapter, but the principle is the same all, all around. It is, it is uh, the same. It is the same for finances and money. It is the same for soul winning and missions. It is the same, you know, for good works. The principle is the same. We need to have a good relationship with God and he will help us to be productive and of course to abide in him and and he in us and and his word in us so we should teach our children this is why we need a good work ethic and teach our children say when they're when they're small say pick up your toys everything everything you play with pick it up put it away clean clean up the mess that they make and so forth and make your beds and teenage boys and stuff like that and, and everybody and girls young girls teach them to, to 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 do dishes and things like this a good work ethic so that our young people can be productive and this is what god wants he wants us to to be productive, a productive people. Now, I want you to notice if we go by something that is called the law of first mention, where it first mentions fruit all the way from the beginning of creation, from even Genesis chapter 1. I'll read the scripture in verse uh, 28. The Bible says in Genesis 1, 28, in the law of first mention, the Bible says, and God blessed them, talking about Adam and Eve in the marriage, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. 
and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the, uh, which is the, the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. Meat is referring to any kind of food. It could be a fruit. could be any kind of food. He said, Listen, I'm giving you the seed and, and, and you, can, you can reproduce. You can have... You, you, you don't have a reason to go hungry. I'm going to help you. I've given you the seed, of, uh, but you just got to work. You have to be fruitful and multiply. And, of course, referring to reproduction, a man and a woman in a marriage can have children. And not just two, like a mom and dad are two people, but it, they can have many children, a lot of children, five or six children, or eight or nine children. And so it's reproduction. It's even multiplication. And, of course, Uh, So God said from the very beginning, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. And I want you, listen, it's not only talking about the human uh, reproduction and having children, but it's all, he's also talking about a work ethic because he says, I've given you seed. I've given you every herb, every seed and be fruitful and replenish and subdue the earth and, and you have dominion. You be in charge of all these, the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air and just He's saying, I want you to be a productive people, to work and to be productive. You know, one time I used to preach a lot in the country of Panama, and they have like a, they have an indigenous tribe of, you know, like an Indian tribe that are indigenous people, native people in Panama. And one of the things that I notice, a lot of times in some of these countries, the government will support them and, and sustain them and so forth. But there was something particular that I noticed. The government did something. The government gave them, they gave them land, so they had much land, and they gave them seed. I'm talking about truckloads and trucks of, of bags of, big bags of seeds so that they can, you know, plant and then grow crops and, and harvest the crops and have, you know, have, have sustenance and have food and so forth. And so the government gave them seed, and I noticed one particular tribe that instead of working that seed and sowing the seed and harvesting the crops and so forth, they ate the seed. I'm talking about they did something like some kind of a soup or something, and they turned that seed into food, and they just ate that seed. And they ate it and kept receiving and receiving seed and, of course, kept eating and said, why are we going to do all this if this is, this is what will be satisfactory for us? Well, you know, the problem with that is that in uh, talking about being fruitful and talking about production, the problem with that is they could have sowed the seed, grow the crops, reap the harvest, and if they want to, then they can eat the seeds, but they're going to have a lot more seeds left over. They could give it to others. They could sell it. They could reproduce. You know, they could uh, keep growing, keep doing more. They could, they could do many things. And if they want, they can eat it too. You see, they can uh, keep their people and their young people, teach them the value of work ethic. They can have the dignity of being productive and saying, we don't need any more help from the government. And so we, we're, we, we sustain ourselves. We support ourselves. We're self-supporting, you see. But they, they don't do that. And they are unproductive. Now, in some cities, you know, I come from the Chicago area in Illinois, and I, I happen to be familiar with a certain home, homeless community. And there's some cities that have a lot of homeless people. That seems to be something in this country. In some cities, boy, we've got cities 
with homeless people in the United States. Now, I'm the son of immigrants. I mean, we, we talk about the American dream. So when we see American people homeless, sleeping under bridges, sleeping in the streets, sleeping in the back alleys, sleeping, you know, and we're talking about this is a country that even is generous with people, that gives benefits and gives food benefits and even sometimes even housing benefits and gives all kinds of benefits to qualifying people and so forth. And even still, with all of these benefits, we see the homeless community growing and abounding. And I'm talking about invading the streets in certain cities. What do they do? By the way, we call them, those are poor people. No, they're not poor. They're unproductive. They're unproductive. They're not poor. Uh, Whoa, those are poor people. Uh, Or or we might say um, those are poor people. Or sometimes we might say they're lazy people. The Bible does talk about slothfulness. But let me tell you the truth. I watch them a lot. Let me tell you something. Homeless people work hard. They work hard. You say, what do you mean, Brother Carlos? First of all, they carry backpacks, heavy backpacks with all their sleeping gear and all their stuff. They carry backpacks. They walk in the hot sun. Who wants to walk in the hot sun all day? You know, that's a lot of work. They carry stuff, and they're carrying carts, and they're carrying stuff, sometimes even tents and things. They're walking around to see where they can get their next bite of food. And, you know, they're asking. they got to learn how to talk because they're begging people. They're, they know how to make signs. They make signs, you know. They make really good signs that say, help, hungry, I'm homeless. They make good. I saw, I saw one sign that was just unique, and, and uh, the one man said, this sign doesn't say anything because people don't read signs anymore. He was holding up a sign. He was a homeless man. And I said, you know, I, I think I might give him a dollar just for being creative and making me laugh that day. <laughs> so these homeless people, you know, it sounds like they're lazy. It sounds like they're poor, but actually they are unproductive. That's what they are. In fact, and if we're not careful, we're going to develop this. We have this in Mexico. We have uh, people who, are, who come in the immigrant caravans. And they're from Honduras. They're from El Salvador. And I followed the caravan one time. I was in Mexico, and I saw 3,000 Honduras people. And I followed them. I said, where are you all going? And they said, we're going to America. I said, well... This is the wrong president to come. You know, when Trump was here, this is the wrong time to come to America. You know, so they got 3,000 Honduras people and, and all this stuff. And, of course, they're, they're coming and, and all these things. And I'm very, I'm very familiar with all these things, you know, about border and, and, and immigration and so forth. But, you know, we need to be productive. We need to be a productive people. God wants us to be productive. He said, I've given you seed. I've given you. And the Lord talks to us about in John chapter 15, a a chapter where it talks about bearing fruit, fruitfulness. It's it's a principle. It's 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 like a law, the law of productivity and fruitfulness. God said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish and subdue. He wants us to be a productive people. He wants us to abide in him. He wants us to bring forth fruit, more fruit much fruit and fruit fruit which remains so how about this how about people who say what about life all we do is eat work sleep eat work sleep eat work sleep how about that how about have you ever noticed some people who get frustrated with life and say all i do is eat work and sleep eat work and sleep well 
But you know what? You know why? There's no meaning. Um, it's not meaningful to them because maybe they're not producing something. But God is a God that wants to make you fruitful. He wants to make your life count. He wants your life to, to count for something that is productive. And so, yes, we have to eat, work, and sleep. But if you will learn to plug in to the power source of, of Jesus Christ by abiding in him, if you will learn to, to, to tap in to the will of God and understand you're going to work, eat, and sleep, but you're going to do something productive with your life. And that will, be, that will be satisfactory to you. That will be meaningful to you. That will be a blessing to you. You see, so God wants us to be fruitful and productive. So God wants to give us fruit. By the way, the Bible says, and I think referring to souls and reaching souls for Christ, I want to be the kind of missionary that is fruitful. I want to be the kind of missionary that is productive. There are many ministries, many unique ministries. God has called different men to do different things. I have learned that through the years. There are different kinds of, there's all kinds of ministries. And, 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 and there's a need everywhere. There's a need everywhere. But I said, Lord, I want to be a productive ministry. Lord, I want to be a productive ministry that produces that can produce, and the Bible says that this is discipleship. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. A lot of times we talk about discipleship. You can hear a lot of discipleship teachings on the internet, and I like to talk about discipleship and all this stuff. What is discipleship? Is it, is it knowing a lot? Is it gaining knowledge? Is it, you know, what is discipleship? Well, he said one of the things here, he said one of the marks of discipleship you're going to be productive. You're going to reproduce after its kind. So if you're a Christian, you're going to produce another Christian. That's what we call soul winning. That's what we call outreach and evangelism. That's what we call the Great Commission. Churches help start other churches. You see, that's, that's, that's producing fruit. Churches will reproduce and start another church. And, and Christians will reproduce and, and reproduce more Christians. How? By witnessing to people. By soul winning, by giving the gospel, sometimes you just have to sow the seed. Just give them a track. That's why I take tracks to Venezuela. The, w- the way that I take tracks is I, I coordinate with pastors and I, I actually print the pastor's name, the church, the address, and so forth, so it could really be a targeted effort. But I give tracks and I say, you have to sow the seed. The seed is the word of God, the Bible says. And so, are you witnessing the people right here in this town? Maybe you have a, a tourist town. <clears throat> with a lot of people that come from out of town you never know god said my word shall not return unto me void you can maybe witness to somebody you can give a track at the grocery store at the gas station somewhere and and week to week and in your in your ministries talk about the gospel of jesus christ say lord help me to be a fruitful christian help me to be a productive christian and god will give you fruit god will help you to to be used of god There is a reward. The Bible says that we can ask in verse 7. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. That is a prayer promise. God, you know what? God likes productive people. See, God's intelligent. God is wise. And he says, I'm going to bless people who are productive. So you know what? Just ask me whatever you want. And of course, it's referring to praying, and we should learn to pray in the Spirit in accordance to His will. But the Bible teaches verses like, 
He shall give thee the desires of thine own heart and things like this. Delight thyself also in the Lord. See, he has scriptures. And if we say, Lord, I'm a, I want to be a productive person. And sometimes we have needs and have prayer requests. Many years ago, I, needed, I wanted an RV, travel trailer to travel. And all we did was pray and say, God, you know, I don't need it because I can do deputation and furloughs without an RV. I don't need it. But it is a desire. It is a want. It is, maybe we could say it's a luxury. It's something that would make it nicer, would make it easier, would make it better, uh, would make it uh, you know, better for, for homeschool for our kids and, and could travel more and say, Lord, would you give me an RV travel trailer? And I claim the prayer promise. Say, Lord, this is only so that we can be productive. And I, I, will, I will raise my support. I will support myself. I will help support others. Lord, give me an RV travel trailer. And God did. God gave us an RV travel trailer many, many years ago. And so there's a prayer promise. What is your need? What do you need to pray for? What do you need to pray about? You know, God, he, say, he might say, I, I would like to bless you. I would like to give it to you, but you're not being productive. In fact, I even gave you the seed or I gave you the means. I gave you the wherewithal. I gave you the job. I gave you this. I gave you that. And you didn't produce. You see? So the Lord. Now, what is the, the motive of reproducing? You know, sometimes we might even think, we might even say, well, we don't need to focus on big things. Just, you know, it could, maybe we could say, maybe it could even be a source of pride. Is it really Something that God wants us to do, do big things for God and be really productive. Could it be a source of pride? What is the motive? What is the source? Well, the Bible tells us what it is. Notice, please, in the next verse, it tells us in verse 9, As the Father hath loved me, so have, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. The source and the motive of being productive is love. Because... We love God. And I'm talking about the scripture says we love God because God loved us first. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, listen, continue. God loves you. Continue in the love of God. And you love God and continue in my love. So love is the motivating factor of being productive and being fruitful. Why do I want to go to the mission field? And I want to have big stadium crusades. I want to preach the gospel to thousands of people. What is the motive that should be? The Bible says it's love. It tells you what it is, the motive. So let's be productive for God. It's for him. He saved us. He created us. So he has blessed us. So now let's be productive because we love God, because he first loved us. And we ought to love other people and love others as Christians. And, of course, love lost souls and and so forth. So the motive is love for production. So when somebody's not being productive, someone's not producing, someone says, oh, I, don't, I don't care, then maybe they, maybe they don't have love. You see, maybe they're not really abiding in the love of God. Maybe they don't understand how much God loves them. They don't understand in th- that they should love other people and, and have Jesus told the Pharisees, said, I, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you. Jesus told the Pharisees. See, so we, the motive is love. What is the result of being productive? If you are a productive Christian, what is the result? Well, the The Bible tells us in the next verse. The result is in verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. The result of being productive is joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, Jesus said, I'm going to give you 
my joy. And your joy is going to be full. In other words, you're going to be satisfied in your inner man, in your soul, in your heart. God is going to bless you with, with peace. God's going to give you joy. That is the result of being a productive person. So why don't we decide and say, Lord, help me to be a fruitful Christian. Help my mind, help, help my life. Now that I have to eat, work, and sleep anyway, we have to do that anyway. Now let me do it meaningfully to accomplish a purpose, to accomplish your will. His will's written. His will is to bear fruit, to bring forth more fruit, to bring forth much fruit. If you have an orange, that's fruit. Just one orange could be fruit. But when it says more fruit, well, maybe that's two oranges. So now you got two oranges of fruit. One time I was driving behind a truck. They got these orange farms in Mexico. And I was driving behind the truck. I mean, it was many trucks. And it's the trucks that are open on the top. Big, big, you know, semi-trucks. But they're open on the top because the, they, it was full of oranges. But I'm talking about it was overflowing. I'm talking about it was orange season, harvest season. And it was just spilling over. Oranges were falling on the street. And I was following that truck. And I said, that's much fruit. That's much fruit. And I said, Lord, you know, sometimes a Christian might have fruit. He might have more fruit. You got two. That's good. You're getting better. But I'm, I say, Lord, he says, bring forth much fruit. If you abide in me and my word abide in, abides in you, if you shall ask, what should we ask for, by the way? Oh, God, give me a brand new Corvette. How about saying, Lord, give me more fruit. Give me much fruit. Help me to be even more productive. Lord, you gave me a talent, so now we got two talents. You gave us two talents, Lord, in the parable of the talents. Lord, now we're going to have more. And and God, you gave me five talents. Now we're going to have ten talents. You see, God said, I give you the power to create wealth. But a lot of times we're being slothful. We're being lazy. And a lot of times we're not, we're not understanding uh, a, a fruit-bearing, the fruit-bearing principle. We're not being productive or we have a lack of love. And the Bible says the motive is love. The result is joy. And by the way, it keeps going. There's a benefit of being productive. And that's right here in the next verse. The benefit is in verse 14. Notice John 15, 14. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. He's saying the benefit is friendship. First, it was servanthood. I mean, anybody that serves God can be a servant. But he's saying, you know, it's like the pastor said, God doesn't have favorite people, but he has intimate people, close people. That's what this is saying. He said, I'm going to let you in on my inner circle. I'm going to reveal everything to you. I'm going to reveal the plan. Have you ever met people? They don't know what to do in their life. I'm talking about young. I knew a young man, so talented. I mean, charismatic personality, very, so much leadership, so, so talented. But he was out of the will of God. He was backslidden. And he was always changing jobs and always doing things and never, never settled down in life, never got married. He's like, you know, because he was outside. He was backslidden away from God. He was not abiding in the Lord, not abiding in his word. So much talent, so much opportunity, good parents and all these things come, come from a wonderful church. But he wasn't abiding in the Lord. God said, I'm not going to let you be productive. You can have all the talent you can have a good personality and leadership skills and all these things, but you're going to produce zero. And so you see, we need to be productive and say, Lord, 
I want to abide in you. I want your word to abide in me. The benefit is friendship. That talks about like when the Bible talks about Abraham, he was the friend of God, a close friend. By the way, Abraham was somebody very rich in abundance. The Bible says wealthy. And of course, somebody who even, who even taught the word of God and, and, and so forth to, to his family and his children and so forth. The Bible talks about the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bible talks about Isaac and Jacob being, being fruitful and productive uh, people also, and, and uh, even Joseph. So you see, God wants to bless us and he will ha- uh, uh, bring us into close friendship with him. God rewards productivity. Look at verse 16. There's a prayer promise again. Verse 16, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Do you see that? There it is. God has chosen you. God has saved you. And God says, I want you to be fruitful and multiply, replenish, subdue. I want you to be productive, not just have children and have families, but he's saying, be productive in your life. I've given you every seed of every herb. I've given you everything you need. I've given you salvation. I've given you the word of God. I've given you the Holy Spirit. I've given you a free country. I've given you a good economy, a decent economy. I've given you now do something productive with it. Do something that can be meaningful. Do something that can be productive. God is an investor and God invests and so forth, and he wants to give us wisdom. You know, the management principle says something like this, and it's repeated in the Bible about three times in three different parables or places, but it's when he says, he that hath not from him shall be taken away, even which he hath. Give it to him that hath more. It says that in the parable of the talents. It says that in, in, uh, in the parable of the sower and, and other places. He's saying here it says the branches that don't bring food. It talks about he purgeth it and so forth, and he, he removes the branches, and they're burned in the fire, and, and, and they're removed. But the ones that, that stay and bring fruit, he, he purgeth it, and, and it brings forth more fruit. You see, so God is somebody who says, listen, I want you to be productive in your life. You know, these homeless people I talked about earlier, you know what they do? They stand in the street court going like this. You know why? Because they're begging for money. They're, they're asking for money like this. That, try that for eight hours a day. Try that. That'll make your hand get tired. <laughs> That's a lot of work. I know jobs. If you go to the Illinois Tollway, you know, before COVID, I mean, they'll pay you a wage to do this all day at the Illinois Tollway. <laughs> you see, <laughs> they'll pay you for that. But these people are unproductive. They're unproductive. And I know that a lot of them, they're not saved and they have sin and they have addictions and they have maybe mental health problems and all these things. And we need to reach people with the gospel. But God wants us to be a productive people. Are you so winning? Are you sowing the seed of the word of God here? The Bible says about the church in Acts, they were added unto the church. Or they were added unto them and added unto the church and so forth. Addition. And then later the Bible says, and the number of the disciples multiplied. Now we have multiplication. God is saying, this is more fruit, much fruit. And then it says in Acts 9.31, the churches where it talks about in the fear of the Lord and so forth were multiplied. Now it's not the disciples. The grammar of that verse is referring to the churches. Now we got more churches. So it's not just reproducing more Christians, but it's reproducing more churches. You see? So God is a God of production and reproduction and, 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 and fruitfulness. And that's what he wants. And I hope that your life, I hope that you will say, 
I want to be a productive Christian. I know what it's like to see people in, in line for gas. Two nights, they sleep there. I've seen 200 cars, 300 cars. I've seen them. The, what are you doing here? We're waiting for gas. They don't have gas and so forth. And I've seen, I've seen uh, what policies do and things that are unproductive. Let's ask God to help us to be productive. Let's bow our heads for prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I said at the beginning that